Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle. Let's go. Let's get into it. We'll start out with you today, Dave. It's Championship Sunday down at the U.S. Open in L.A. It actually should, I believe the first tee times were about seven minutes ago. I think they teed off at 1030 local time. I may be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. I I think think you're right. Yeah, I think 1030. That sounds sounds about right. The big three, though, Fowler, Wyndham Clark, and Rory McIlroy. Or your top three guys, they're going to be teeing off at about 4.30 Central. I've been enthralled by this over the last couple of days. I don't know why. I'm not normally a, a golf watcher, um, but I've, yeah. I've had it on TV pretty much every round uh, starting on Thursday. And for some reason, this specific tournament is just getting me. I have no no reason for it. <laughs> I don't love Ricky Fowler. I don't love you know Rory McIlroy. I like them. They seem like good guys, but something about this has hit me. So my question what non-Big Four sport? We've, we've talked about non-revenue sports at the U. We know Pete's a big track fan. But what <laughs> non-Big Four sports will you put on the TV and just, just kind of get into? You know, NASCAR, F1, tennis, golf. What, what, what of the, the secondary, yeah. quote-unquote, sports? So when I, when I was still working in television, I, I did a lot of Olympics coverage. And my absolute favorite thing to watch is curling. And, and I would, I would really get into it. Like I, I was yelling at the television. People were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I was watching my, my buddy uh, John Schuster and and Team Schuster, um, who I got to know over the years. I, curling is fascinating to me. If you've tried it, first of all, you understand how difficult it is. I, I mean, even just to throw the dang rock, because it's not easy. And these guys, you know, it's it's incredible to me. They hit. You know, the the equivalent of a head of a pin with a 10 or 20, I don't even know how heavy the rock is, from all the way down the other side. And and it's just incredible, the strategy and how they do it. And it's – a lot of people find it boring. I, I found it absolutely fascinating. And I got – you know, I had the pleasure of being able to witness what I think was one of the best curling matches of all time when John Schuster got five of the eighth in South Korea uh, to take the gold. And so I love curling. I will watch it if it's on, especially trials or Olympics. I will always watch curling. Sometimes even before I'll watch hockey, I'll watch curling. So that tells you how much I like it. <laughs> well, I, I haven't fallen in love with curling as much, Dave. <laughs> oh, we'll change that, buddy. Yeah, I no, can't but say it, I have either. 
but it is pretty oh, cool. <laughs> and I and I know that there is actually a curling club over in St. Paul, right? I, I think there, yeah, is. there is, and one here in Chaska too that I've been to many times. Ah, so I, you know, but I still haven't. I haven't been finding my way into that. But Charlie, I, I'm with you as far as the golf. I. I'm intrigued by it. I think some of the, you know, all of the LIV stuff or whatever is is interesting to me. I, w- I was curious if there were going to be any brawls on the golf course or anything like that this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't expect that it really would happen, but you never know. I mean, R- Rory's been very vocal and clearly has opinions, and I think some of the other guys do too. So I, I thought, well, maybe, especially with the way they match things up. But, yeah, you, you know, you, you hit it on the head for me, Charlie, for sure, when you said track and field. There, you know, it's so special because it's it really only comes around for most of us uh, in the country when it's Olympic time. And, you know, you get there and all of a sudden you see the 100-meter dash and these unbelievable people that do things that, that you just couldn't ever imagine that they could do. And the speeds and the, the endurance and all the things that go into it. And, and of, of course, the decathlon has always been my favorite. So it's there's something about track and field that I think is intriguing because it's it's almost every four years because it, it really is an Olympic sport that, you know, we get there and, and all of a sudden it's there. But it goes around year-round. We got indoor. We got outdoor. We've got some great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the Nationals, the NCAA Finals and everything. It's phenomenal for me. I, I love it. But I, I, I realize... For me, that's my curling because I don't. I don't think there yeah. are too many other people yeah. that are that are watching it. Quite honestly, and I get it. But I used to run track. I loved it, and um, I'm I'm just amazed at what these what these athletes, male and female, can do. Well, you know, Pete, uh, the opening ceremony for the World Special Olympics was just the other day in mm-hmm. Berlin, Germany. It's just starting out, so you got some track events on TV. I know they're broadcasting quite a bit of of those games uh, in the upcoming weeks. Mm-hmm. That's um, really cool. Yeah, yeah, really, really great competition that they have. And, yep. uh, I, I mean, some numbers that could go up that are that are just as insane as yeah. you know what the uh, traditional Olympics. I will say, mm-hmm. Pete. Moving on here, uh, as it says in our intro, you're a business guru as well. So <laughs> we're going to do stock market star. Stock market star. Sorry, <laughs> stock market star. <laughs> I, I guess I just call you a business guru. So the, the stock market star here, Pete, this is a fully business question. Oh. Unemployment is still low. The market continues to rally for the most part. Uh, by and large, obviously, you know, day-to-day things will go crazy. But by and large, the market has been doing pretty well. Yeah. And the inflation report came out this last week, Pete, and it keeps going down. Not necessarily at the Fed target yet, but the trend is going that way. Is this the mythical soft landing that we have been hearing of, Pete? Is it upon us? <laughs> Boy, that's a great question. And and everybody was was pushing so hard against the idea that there could possibly even be anything close to a soft landing. But so far, so good. That doesn't mean things can't change in a hurry. They can. And the markets uh, can can be very fickle. I mean, just in the last week or so, we've had a market that was down over 400 points one day. And then not too many days later, we were up four or 500 points. So it's... It's it's interesting how people all have their interpretation of how things are going, and and I do think that the Fed has done an amazing job of of navigating it. Now, this most recent move that everybody was a little bit shocked at was they paused on the hikes for mm-hmm. raising those rates, and by doing so, it was actually met with a little bit of anger at first, but then all of a sudden things started to clear up again. So, I think that they are getting closer and closer to that potential soft landing, and. Uh, but I will tell you this, there are numbers that come once in a while that 
that could certainly make everybody get a little bit scared in a hurry. And so uh, there are no guarantees. And the market is as wild as I've ever seen it. Volumes, people's participation is more than I have ever seen before. I'll give you one stat. Uh, when I started in the trading business on the option side, we traded 725,000 contracts per day. At the time, that seemed like a lot. Uh, this year, we're already averaging about 46 million contracts per day. So it gives you a little bit of insight of the participation of so many people in the markets now, much more than they ever did in the past. So it makes it it makes it a little bit more volatile as well, because all of the people that are, you know, there's people that are very bullish and people that are very bearish. And with that comes a lot of fighting back and forth. And then we've seen incredible volumes supporting exactly what we're watching, which is a market that's been steadily moving higher. And I think that the soft landing is a possibility. Well, that yes. was thorough. Yeah, Dave, anything to, to add? Uh, yes. Yeah. Whatever Pete said, I say yes oh, to. Great. <laughs> that's that's I was, all I got. I was looking for something a little bit more, but all right. I like to drive in my lane, Charlie, and I, I'm not going to put on the blinker. Well, let's right go now. back to you then, Dave. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a marketing and sports question. The NHL okay. season is officially over as Vegas took home the cup. They had their uh, big party, their parade yesterday, I believe, and there's some. Funny videos. We can't necessarily play those here, but uh, some, <laughs> some funny videos if you go out and search uh, some of the speeches that those players made in front of the crowd. But the thing that stuck out to me about the NHL finals was a stat that I saw on Twitter that said that the game five of the finals, the clinching game for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, had less viewers yeah. than the Syracuse Minnesota Bowl game this year. <laughs> Oof which is just absolutely a stunning statistic to me. Is the NHL doing something wrong, or is this more of a football is just still king of the hill and nothing could possibly beat it? Or does the NHL need to make some sort of marketing move to, to start to boost these numbers? I, I, well, that's a good question. I, I think part of it is that, that football is king, uh, but I don't necessarily think that the – what was it? The pinstripe bowl against Minnesota and Syracuse is, was really that marquee. I think it was the bad boy mowers. Oh, it was the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl, right? Or what is the, it was the one in, wasn't it in the Yankee stadium? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I just had to go bad boy, the bad boy mowers. Thank you. Um, there's a couple of things at play here. I, I don't think that Vegas and Florida are huge television hockey markets. Um, certainly not Florida. Uh, not, but also, uh, you know, in Florida, you're also competing with the Miami Heat playing in the NBA Finals. So I think they probably lost some viewers with that. I think Vegas, most people think, uh, you know, people go to games. I don't think they have a very, I don't think their television deals are massive. I'm, I'm not sure that there was a, an overlap of, of any of the games. None. Uh, I, I, I don't but believe it, that there was any. But in the summertime when it's nice, if you're going to make, an appointment television to watch something and you can, and you're not going to sure. watch both. Sure. You might be going to watch NBA. I also think, and I don't know what the answer is. Cause, and, and I say this only because my wife said to me, you know, last week, the NHL still going. Huh. I'm like, yes, it's still going. And it's the hardest trophy to win in its sports. And it truly is. But it, you know, it's a two and three month playoff process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time. So I don't know if maybe changing the opening round games to five games or something to that effect that might condense the playoffs. It's just a lot. It ends up being – and for a lot of that, too, the games are starting at 10 o'clock at night. 
Yeah. And so you're kind of out of the rhythm of watching. I, I've um, been so, advocating for those five-game uh, – I think the opening two rounds should go back to five, games. five both, games. Both, and they both need NBA to, and NHL. It's and just they need to be earlier. Months they, They've months. got to be earlier. If you want people to be – if you want them to stay invested, right? If you If you want them to be invested all the way through, you've got to make these games watchable for everybody all the time. Because if not, you get people who haven't watched hockey in three or four weeks go, oh, it's still on? Oh, okay. I guess I'll watch. Yeah, this is a fine one. Maybe. Or maybe they don't. So I think it's a combination of all of it, to be honest with you. Pete? You know, I, I'm with you guys, and I, I absolutely agree as far as, like, the opening rounds. Do you do five games? You probably have to. But, you know, to your point, you got to go back to April, literally April, when we started the, the, the playoffs. So yeah. it, it is a long, long, and, and maybe that means even the first couple rounds. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't want, I'm not, I wouldn't want to ruin anything that hockey has built up, but certainly I think from a, from a fan standpoint, I think it's much more intriguing when there is this, you know, must win sort of a thing. And we just didn't have that. And, and especially, you know, when you look at what the Golden Knights did, with the you know the way they were able to accomplish what they did in such a short period of time with Florida, uh, I think it just got people to the point where they just stopped watching, and it, it seemed like the Knights had such a dominating feel to what they were doing. Yes, and the goalie, you know, unfortunately, Bobrovsky was great in all those, especially the game against Boston because they were the team, the record-setting team. But then they he started to slip a little bit, and you know. That became a problem, and and because of that problem, they just they didn't have an answer for it because the Knights were just too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I think that all of those are good points, and yeah, it just it's gotten so long, it's crazy. Let's move on here. Last question for you, Pete. It is weekend two of the big Golden Gopher football program summer splash event, which is their big recruiting event of the summer, and the. Commitments have already started rolling in. Starting last night, they got a running back named Fame or Fame Ejiboy out of Philadelphia, picked the Gophers over Rutgers, Nebraska, and Virginia Tech. Canadian offensive lineman Mauricio Hines went gold over Arizona and Maryland offers. But the big get, the big get as of uh, as of yet from this weekend is a kid from Wisconsin, an O-lineman from Wisconsin named Nathan Roy. Uh, he's ranked by some services as the top player in the entire state of Wisconsin, top 150 or so overall guy. And by some metrics, he's also the best player that PJ has ever gotten to commit to Minnesota. But the big point here, to me at least, is he is the number one player and an offensive lineman to boot in Wisconsin. And PJ went over and poached that player. How big of a deal is this? for this program to to now be poaching the best players. They also have the best player from North Dakota, mind you, um, yeah. to be poaching these best players from now the surrounding states, not just even in the state of Minnesota. I think it's critical. I think it's amazing. I, I don't know how PJ's doing it because he and the staff have done an incredible job over this whole, you know, this season now, this time of year where you're looking all the way out to 2024 and you're seeing some of these players – that are committing, you know, in the past, Minnesota would lose players to Wisconsin. That was the big problem we had. And now all of a sudden for us to be able to pluck the number one player out of the state of Wisconsin, an offensive lineman who, you know, when you consider who was recruiting him, Ohio State, USC, Wisconsin, and Tennessee, and a, and a boatload more teams, uh, for PJ to be able to beat those teams out and convince this young man that he was going to be a Minnesota Golden Gopher, um, 
it's amazing. I, I am impressed. I, I'm impressed by all of the recruits that they've been able to get. But this young man coming from Wisconsin, that just doesn't happen. We've not seen that happen in, in what feels like forever. So I think that Gopher recruiting has absolutely stepped it up. And this might be the best class that the Gophers have had in terms of recruits uh, since I don't even know when. I, I, I really don't. I think you could, you'd could you have to go back decades to find the kind of players, the ranked players that we are getting right now commits for 2024. Uh, I think you'd have to go back a few decades to find anything even mm-hmm. close to what we're seeing right now. And a little bit breaking here. I just checked PJ's Twitter and they got another commitment about three minutes ago. It says oh, yeah. another edge out of Palm Bay, Florida, a high three-star top 500 player in the country, six foot six, 230 pound Adam Kasai uh, over. He was going to visit Nebraska next week. I think that's uh, probably not happening anymore. <laughs> it's it's the coaches i mean this is this is what shows you more than anything that what what pj sells works and it's it's his personality it's his uh, caring for the kids and and wanting the best for them both physically both mentally both academically and spiritually and all that stuff but it works And, and all of these other programs if you look at the head coaches of those programs they are not like him and i think his shtick, if you want to call it, works. And so I just I, – I, I think that it tells you that um, this team has made progress, that where they are a team on the rise that looks like they're on the rise, and they have, a, they have an established coach. You know, Nebraska, Wisconsin, they have new coaches. Uh, so you go to the place where it's established, and, and you think maybe you're going to get some, some playing time. Now, what, uh, now, here's where I'll really be impressed. How many of these guys are still here next year? That, that's what I want to see, Pete. And, and you know exactly like I do that NIL and Transfer Porter and all that stuff, it, it now just getting the athletes isn't enough. It's keeping them. And that's when I'll, still, that's when I'll truly be impressed. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it right. is impressive, though. It's impressive. It that is. We're even it's a great class. <laughs> it, it's, it's a great class, and it's PJ. All right, we're up against it. We're late. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one on the huddle. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.